May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. Now, don't forget what's already been going on here this morning. Okay? Because God is with us and God is in this place. And as we we're told, as we draw near to God, God draws near to us. And remember what's happened here already. Okay? As, as we worshiped, something happened. Uh, the, the words and the scriptures that people were speaking out were, if you're heavy burdened, come and I will give you rest. And they were words of encouragement for folks that are in hard places. Over and over and over. Every single one of them was, right? Do you know why I think that is? Because there are people here with heavy burdens. There are people here that God wants to meet with. There are people here who you're in a tough spot and you know it and it's wearing you out. And this is something that we didn't orchestrate and make happen. This is something that God is stirring up. So I want you to lean into it. Because God knows where you are and he cares. Okay? Guess what I'm talking about this morning? (laughs) I couldn't have planned that. I couldn't have planned that. But even before I came in, I want you to know that it was heavy on my heart. I don't just want this to, to be a sermon and a good teaching. I came into this thinking, oh, man, there are people there who are going to be there that are really struggling with some stuff in life. And I had no idea that this this was going to happen. All right? We're going to walk through the scripture that we read in First Peter, starting is chapter 1. We started in verse 3. And Peter leads into talking about this very topic, and this is how he starts. He has just introduced himself and said that I'm writing to God's, God's people that are scattered around the world. So that can include us. And Peter says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah. It's by his great mercy that we've been born again. Because God raised Jesus, the Christ, from the dead. Now, I find it interesting that God started stirring in this during our time of praise and deciding to praise. And that's how Jesus starts. I mean, that's how Peter starts, is by giving praise to God, the Father of Jesus. That's how we started today. Uh, He talks about being born again. If you were in Sunday school this morning, we talked about that. That when you become a believer in Jesus... You really do have a different life because God puts his very presence, his Holy Spirit, in you somehow. What does that look like? I don't, I don't know. But God breathes his Holy Spirit into you when you believe in him. And you are different. 
you will never be the same. Life has changed. You're no longer the same person that you were. Because God's spirit, God's presence is in you, with you, transforming you. Do not limit this experience and and, and this whole idea that we're talking about today to, okay, if I get born again, that means that I can talk to God now and go to heaven when I die. It's more than that, okay? It is more than that. Uh, Because you have a relationship with God, you can go about life differently. That you turn from, from slave into ambassador. That you can get beyond old habits and hang-ups. And you can choose to live life like you've never chosen to do it before. You never had the choice before. Because your old self, you couldn't choose it. You were stuck with it. But when you're born again, when you come into this relationship with God, you are different because... God Almighty is is within you, and Passover means, and and the death of Jesus means that you are released from the bondage that held on to you before. You can do it differently. You get to grow up. You get to become mature like you've never had the opportunity to do before. I'm talking about your character. I'm talking about how you live your life. I'm talking about what you do in the world. You're different. He goes on. Now, we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance. It's an inheritance that's kept in heaven for you. It's pure and undefiled. It's beyond the reach of change and decay. In other words, folks, this is something you cannot buy and it does not have an expiration date. But keep in mind, this is not going to heaven. Your inheritance is not that you get to go to heaven. That's benefit, but that is not the inheritance that's, that's talked about. It says it's something that's kept there for you. In other words, it comes from heaven. It comes from God. It comes by His hands. But it is not that you get to go when you die. Now you do. Praise the Lord that we do. But that's a side issue. That's a benefit. That is not the point that he is talking about. What he's talking about comes up in the next verses. He says, through your faith, God is protecting you. Now, now think about that. Whenever you see faith, especially in the New Testament, read it as faithfulness. Can we read that? That, that phrase through protecting you together and say faithfulness together. Let's do that. And through your faithfulness, God is protecting you. Okay, let's do that again. And through your faithfulness, God is protecting you. Okay, it's that because I guarantee you because of how they thought that they weren't just thinking, he, he wasn't just saying, because of the thoughts that you have, God is protecting you. How many of you have been protected by your thoughts? Oh, if I think about it, the IRS won't get me. <laughs> if I think about it, 
I can run the red light and not have to pay a prize. Right? Does that work? It's through your faithfulness that God protects you. It is through your faithfulness that God protects you. Whenever you see faith, read it as faithfulness and see if that makes more sense. Okay? Your faithfulness keeps you under God's protection. In other words, if you'll live life the way that God says, hey, here's the way to live life, it goes better for you. Does that mean that bad things don't happen to you? It does not mean that, does it? Does bad, do bad things happen to good people? Yes, all the time. That's what a lot of the Psalms were written about, by the way. But when you're obedient, when you're growing up, when you're making the right decisions, when you are being faithful, in other words, you're putting into practice those things that God is putting in you and encouraging in you, guess what? There is a protection for you that helps you to get through things, that helps you to avoid things, that brings you into better things. Every time you do it God's way, you're under some sort of protection because you're not outspending your bank account. That's not God's way, right? When you're angry, you're not taking it out on the wall or the dog. You're growing up and saying, okay, I'm going to be patient and kind even though I'm angry. And there's a protection for you in that, isn't there? When, when you're making good friendship choices, do you know your friends determine the direction and the quality of your life? And when you're faithful, when you're doing it God's way, guess what? There's a protection in that for you. Last night was prom. There are a lot of regrets this morning. I'm sorry to say it. There are a lot of regrets this morning. There, there are kids waking up around this city with regret. I don't think ours are, are in that group because they're doing it differently. God wants us to grow up. He wants us to become mature He wants us to live into what's been given to us. One of the best ways for God to help us grow up is to let us go through the trial. If you never go through the trial, you're going to have a hard time growing up. Have you ever seen, maybe it's on TV, somebody who was always given whatever they wanted as they grew up and they never had to face the consequences? How does it go for them? Do they grow up? Do you look at them and say, wow, what a person of character and maturity. Do you know what I'm talking about? If it always goes your way, do you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever seen that? In... Okay. If it always goes your way, You're going to have a hard time growing up. One of the best ways God can love you is to let you face those things that with his protection, 
encourage you to grow and to make different decisions and to become mature. And so Peter says something that I, it's going to be, it's, it's hard. It's, he has a perspective that I don't always have. He says, so be truly glad. Now, wait a second. I just lost my job. Wait a second. He just walked out and left me with three babies. Wait a second. You know, I, I just had the accident. Be truly glad. What in the heck are you talking about, Peter? Be truly glad there's wonderful joy ahead, even though you have to endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. These trials, wait a second, instead of faith, say what? These trials will show that your faithfulness makes a difference. Your faithfulness is actually real. There is something real behind it. And this is going to prove that there's something really behind it. That God really is there and is protecting you. That God really does care, even though it looks like, how can there be a God? Because look at what just got spilled on my floor. Right? My apple cart got all messed up. How can there be a God? Well, if this faithfulness will show that there is. See where we're going with this? Your faith, your faithfulness, your character is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials... It will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus, the Messiah, is revealed to the whole world. There's a day coming when, when everybody, all, all, the, all the pretense stops, all the excuses are gone, and Jesus is revealed as for who he is. And on that day, your faithfulness, your character, the fact that you didn't give up, the fact that you kept on going is going to matter and it's going to make a difference. And you're going to, it, it'll all be worth it then. It's, it doesn't seem like it now, but it'll be worth it one day. Now, do you know how, how gold was refined at the time? This is how gold was refined. When you dig up gold, isn't that pretty, that gold nugget? You dig up gold and it's pretty. It comes out of the ground. It's like, wow, look at that. That's gold. Woohoo! And, and, but really, as, as shiny as, as parts of this are, it's full of all kinds of other stuff. It's full of, of things that aren't gold. It's, it's dirt and other compounds and stuff. There's some, there's some, it's not pure yet. Now, what's the purest gold that we have? What do we call it? Huh? 24 carat. Now, is all gold 24 carat? No. There's some others, right? There's 10, there's 12, there's 14 carat, there's 2 carat. It depends on what you mine when you get it out of the ground. And to, to purify it, it's got to go through a process. Now, in the old days, this is what they do. They would put the, the, the gold, wash it off the best you can, put it in something that can take the heat. This is some sort of concrete or rock or stone or something. And you heat it up so hot that it melts. 
And when it melts, it starts to release the impurities. Now, do you see the black stuff around there? That's not because they're cooking it too long. It's burning. That's not what's going on. That is the stuff that's being released in the gold. The impurities come to the surface. Now, let's, let's just pause for a second. Have any of you ever been in hot water or a tough situation? Have you, have you had things bubble to the surface that you kind of wish didn't? All that, you know what I mean? All that stuff you could keep hidden for a while, just a normal everyday life. And, but man, somebody hits you on the highway or, or, you know, you have that meeting at the office or, you know, whatever it is that happens and you find yourself saying and doing and thinking things that you didn't even know you could say, think or do. You know what I'm talking about? I was, uh, I was a year ago or something like that. I was fixing the dryer. And uh, I had to replace a couple of parts in the dryer. And I did that all right. I mean, that was, I dreaded it, but I was getting through that okay. And I had the dryer all put back together. And then I have to, you know, that tube that comes out of the back that, that's the exhaust and it goes into the thing in the wall, you know. You know what I'm talking about? And somehow I have to get this thing connected to the wall and the dryer while wedging myself between the wall and the dryer and, and getting it, and it's, uh, it's always at the wrong end. And I, you know, you can't make it. If it. That part took me like four hours. And words came out of me that I am not saying this morning, right? All right. When you're in hot water, when you're going through trial, when you're in that place where it's all falling apart, they say that that's where you really find out the character of somebody. You don't really know who they are when everything's going great. You really start to find out who they are when everything's falling apart. You ever heard that kind of thing before? And you get to see that in yourself too. And I see that in myself all the time, sometimes in big ways and sometimes in small ways. The dryer was a small way. Um being told my, by my boss when I was in corporate sales, and my boss says, um, I've got some bad news. We're closing the company in two weeks, and we can't afford to pay you anymore, but go out and sell some more over the next two weeks. I'm like, what? no. <laughs> my, I don't know how I'm going to feed my family. I'm not going to go out and sell product for a company that's closing that can't even pay me now. And, and you, start to fig- you start to figure out what's in there and you start to see the stuff coming up. And that's, that's the interesting thing is the stuff that's hidden, the stuff that you don't even know about, comes to the surface and gets real obvious. Then the goldsmith would let it cool down, and as it's cooling, he starts scraping it off of the top. It's called slag or dross. And this is slag and dross. That's the stuff that was in the gold. It's black. It's nasty. It's, it's ugly. And you scrape it off so that it's gone, and, and the gold cools down. And you know what? It looks all pretty, doesn't it? But guess what? They go back and they heat it up again. And guess what? More comes out. There's a verse in the scriptures that says, they, uh, just as the refiner purifies gold seven times, 
That was kind of the rule of thumb, is that it took seven times of heating up and melting gold to let stuff come to the surface and scrape it all off and let it cool down and then do it again seven times. And each time you're getting more stuff out. It doesn't look like you will, but you do. Now, I don't know if this is true or not, but but they said they'd do it until the goldsmith could look in the gold and it reflected his face like a mirror. God tends to work in our lives like that. I mean, it's a picture of how God works. It doesn't bother God to let us get in the hot places. Because he meets us there. And he wants to deal with the stuff that comes up. It's it's one thing to get mad and throw crying fits when things don't go your way, but you're three. It's another thing to be doing it when you're 33. You're supposed to grow up. You're supposed to get mature, right? It's one thing to hold grudges on the playground. It's another thing to hold grudges in your marriage. God wants you to grow up. And so don't be surprised that God allows these things to come up. I think some of them God orchestrates and says, huh, I'm going to put you in a situation that's really going to test you. It's going to melt you down some. And sometimes it's just life. This isn't God doing it. This is, this is sin, my sin, somebody else's sin. I can get in enough trouble on my own to put me in enough hot water all by myself, I don't need God to do it. You know? Anybody else? That's why we have a confession every week. But God takes advantage of it. Because when we're in there, if we will let God deal with the, the dross that comes out of our life, and we can grow up in it, we can learn to trust Him more, We can do the things that he says to do. Oh, my goodness, I am broke. I wrote 15 checks more than I have money in my account. Well, guess what? Slick? you got to go through that. And it is not, don't expect God to just, poof, make that problem go away. You need to grow up so that you learn not to do that. You learn the right way to handle your money. That you save, that you don't overspend, that you tithe, that you trust Him. I know that some of you are right now in this spot. And, and, it, it, it almost I, I, I'm a little emotional about it because I know I know you're there but don't give up on God do not stop being faithful because your faithfulness avails you to God's protection to get you through it Though darkness lasts for the night, joy comes in the morning. 
This may be the deepest, darkest night you faced. Don't give up. It is not permanent. It is not permanent. It's kind of funny, but some, in some way, the fact that God allows pain shows he loves us. And it's often painful. But it's worth it. If we can grow up and become mature, I mean, the comparison that we're given is that we become like Jesus. We, 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 we end up with that kind of a developed character and a maturity about us. It's worth it. In fact, it's worth more than gold, Peter says. I don't know. I look at that and I'm like, that, that's a pretty good deal. I might settle. And I think Peter would say, no, don't settle. Not even for all of that. Your character is worth more than that. God told the people through something he said to Isaiah. God says, I've refined you, not as silver is refined. I've refined you in the furnace of suffering. Now, if you're not suffering right now, and some of you are, if you're not, it's either because you just got out of it, or buckle up, buttercup. Get ready. And I'm not saying that to, to, to you know, to be negative. I'm saying that this is just how life works. This is a broken place Things are going to happen that are going to punch you in the gut. Don't let it take you by surprise when it does. It's okay. You will get through. Be faithful. Let it do its work in you. God refines you in the furnace of suffering. God meets you there and things change in your life. And at times like that, that it doesn't change as easily any other time. It's our job to be faithful. Do you want God's protection when you're going through it? I think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the furnace, and God protected them. That's got to be that picture right there. And it's not just about believing the right things and getting it right up here. I think that's a part of it. It's also doing the right things. It's not just uh, believing that God can provide for all of my needs and I'm $500 overdrawn this month. It's not just that I believe it. It's what am I going to do about it by God's grace. James takes it a step further. And this is not working. Can you go to the next slide, please? I'll read it for you. It's familiar. James 3, 9 and 10. Oh. I'm not where I thought I was. If you have to restart, that's fine. Restart. You have to do the right things. Um, There we go. Thank you, sir. 
sometimes, James says, our tongue praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth, and surely, my brothers and sisters, this isn't right. I don't care that your boss did tell you that you weren't getting paid and asked you to work two more weeks. You do not talk bad about them. Don't let that cursing come out. Grow up. First Thessalonians 5. Always be joyful. Wait a second. Wait a second. My lifelong partner is no longer by my side. Always be joyful. Paul says, never, never stop praying. I think Paul would say, that's your lifeline. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. Not be thankful for every circumstance. Oh God, thank you that the drunk driver, you know. No. Be thankful in all circumstances. Oh God, thank you that even though the drunk driver, still your hand is on me. Still you are God. Still you are able. Always be joyful. I'm certain if I heard your story, it would be hard for me to say that. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. This is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. This is the same Paul wrote this who was beaten, who was stoned, who had to run for his life, who lost his fortune, who was shipwrecked, who was bitten by poisonous snakes, who was jailed unrightfully, who was eventually killed. This is Paul who said, always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. This is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. He had every right to say that. James said, consider it pure joy. And that means if you're an accountant, you account for this under the joy column. Account under the joy column, my brothers, whenever you face trials. Wait a second. I'm accounting for that under the life sucks column. No, 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 no. James says, account for it under the joy column. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you get to go to heaven. Oh, I'm sorry, it doesn't say that. It says, because you know the testing, the trying of your faith, your faithfulness, the things that come along, and when it's not easy to keep praying, and when it's not easy to be thankful, and when it's not easy to be joyful, and when it's not easy, the testing of your faithfulness develops perseverance. You have to choose To continue to say, okay, am I going to do this God's way or am I going to kick the dog and run out? And and Perseverance has to finish its work. Perseverance is the thing that changes you. The work gets done on you when you're doing the work. 
The work does not get done on you when you're giving up and walking out and not keeping on. Perseverance must finish its work. And it works on you so that you can be mature. So that you can be complete. So that you won't lack anything. Is it talking about monetary or financial? Or, or It's not talking about those things. It's talking about who you are. It's talking about, do you know you are, you are sons and daughters of the living God? You are princes and princesses in the kingdom. Act like it. Grow up into it. Because the prince and the princess do not play in the gutter. That's not how they do. That's not who you are. You're better than that. And let's grow up into it. And one of the ways we grow up into it is when the hard things come, you keep on. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Count it all joy. Persevere. If you're in a trial right now, I'm about to give you some advice. If you're not in a trial, get ready. You might want to write this kind of stuff down. Decide now. Decide right now that God is able. Decide now that God can take care of you and God could make this go away. But if he doesn't, he is still God. Decide right now that God is able to get you through it, whatever it is. Even if it's, even if it's a terminal disease, God is able to keep you faithful till you, through taking that last breath and beyond. God is able. Decide it right now. Decide now that you will be faithful. Not just to believe the right way or think the right thoughts, but you go ahead and if it means that you apologize, then you do it. If it means that you don't speak evil about them, then don't speak it. If it means that you have to go ahead and take that extra job, you do it. Whatever it is that God is asking you to do to grow up in Him, do it. Decide right now, I am going to be faithful because I want God's protection. I want God's hand on me. And if I run from him, why would, you know, I, I won't learn that lesson. This is kind of financial peace stuff in some ways, isn't it? Decide right now to be joyful. You cannot make yourself feel emotions, but you can decide that you will honor God and you will focus on, on the joy that comes from him rather than the pain that's coming from your circumstances. Decide right now to persevere. Guess what? Even if you do better and you don't out, outspend your account this month, you got to do it next month too. 
Guess what? You got to do it the next month. Just because you didn't bite their head off and they deserved it today, guess what? You got to persevere. I know them too. They're going to do it again, aren't they? You've got to persevere. Your faithfulness is far more precious than gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Your faithfulness is far more precious than gold. Don't give up. Grow up. And I don't say that looking down the nose. I say that with encouragement and, and, and cheering for you as I hope you'll cheer for me. Because we all need it. We're all in it. And this is God's will for us who belong to Jesus Christ. Now, if you're in it, take communion and go over here and let folks pray for you. Take communion today and and meet with somebody in your small group and let them pray for you. Take communion today and and spend the time with the Lord. Find somebody who will pray for you. Call me. I'll do it too. And go and do it. This is who you are. You're, You're a prince or a princess in the kingdom of God. And your faithfulness is far more precious than gold. Let's pray. Lord God, I know that there are folks who are going through it right now. And it may have been all they could do just to come this morning or to listen to this online. Would you meet them right there right now? And encourage them. Lord, show them the next step. Would you listen, O oh God, as they pour out their heart to you? Would you protect them, Lord, as they make the decisions on what they're going to do from here? Would you guide them and grow them that they'll reflect your character, your glory, that you'll see your face in them and so will the rest of the world, and it will draw the rest of the world to you. We'll trust you, O God. In the name of Jesus, amen.